showed me life could never be the same. You made me what I am, made me know that you must love me like a man. Cheryl Singh's career is an Australian success story of persistence and resilience. A child prodigy born into a musical family on August 5, 1951. Cheryl's parents were Reg and Joan Singh. As Reg's music career started to blossom, he decided on a surname change to Gray to avoid introductions such as Here's Reg Singh to sing a song. In similar fashion, as Cheryl's career started to take off, she took her father's adopted stage name of Gray. Of course, by the end of the 60s, Cheryl had changed her stage surname back to Sang, and in a perfect piece of alliteration, adopted the stage Christian name of Samantha. For those interested in historical accuracy, some places on the net credit Samantha Sang with two W and G label 45s released in 1967 by a performer known as Samantha. This performer was neither Cheryl Gray nor Samantha Sang. Exactly who the performer was remains a mystery. At this point, we are going to jump ahead and listen to Cheryl's first 45, released on the HMV label in November of 1966. I'll fill in the backstory between the 45s, as so much happened before Cheryl's first 45, and because her six HMV releases happened in the incredibly short time span of about 15 months. The A-side of the first 45 was titled The Real Thing, which was a cover of a hit for both Tina Britt and for the Chiffons in 1965. The song has nothing to do with Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell's Ain't Nothing Like The Real Thing, although both songs shared the same songwriters, Ashford Simpson. And in terms of nothing to do with, Russell Morris's The Real Thing falls into that category also. Here's Cheryl Gray's The Real Thing.
The real thing, back with the song titled Move On, failed to dent the charts, but it was a start and Cheryl's career was off and running. On my YouTube channel, there is a mashup video of the real thing. People have commented that the tempo seems to be way too fast, and a fair point at that. I digitised the song directly from a hard-to-find copy of the original 45, and as there is no other video to compare, I'm putting it down to producer David McKay developing an understanding of how best to present Cheryl's prodigious talent. This talent was first displayed publicly in the late 50s, when Cheryl, at the age of eight, appeared on a radio program, remembering that although the format of live radio performances was almost obsolete at the time, there were still a few live shows in production, notably in Sydney, Johnny O'Keefe hosting the short-lived Rockville Junction on 2FC of all places. The search for a sound continued with Cheryl's second 45 release in early 1967, the A-side of which was In a Woman's Eyes. B-side Brand New Woman was an Australian composition by Peter N. Pine, and it's worth researching his extensive career, especially in presenting Australian stage musicals. Brand New Woman perhaps moves Cheryl a little way along the journey to find a sound, although, as with the A-side, 
The problem of a teenager singing mature lyrics is not resolved. Here is the poppier, brand new one. Again, the 45 failed to make an impact on the charts, although success was to be just around the corner. Cheryl's immersion into the world of music began way back in the 50s when she spent time in London with her parents, Reg and Joan. Upon the family's return to Australia in 1954, Cheryl's career started to take shape through the previously mentioned radio programs and a little later via appearances on the wildly successful television program In Melbourne Tonight, hosted of course by Graham Kennedy. This background was to bear fruit, with Cheryl's third 45 release on HMV, the A-side of which was You Don't Love Me Anymore. Oh, I 
prolific American songwriter Leon Huff. From what I can gather, this 45 was another case of the disc jockeys preferred the B-side, which of course was You Made Me What I Am. by the then-husband-wife duo of Tony Hatch and Jackie Trent. You Made Me What I Am reached a national chart high of 19, lasting 11 weeks, and reached higher on a couple of state-based charts. For those who may be new to these podcasts, I use David Kent's epic work, Australian Chart Chronicles, to establish an approximate national chart position. It was quite an achievement for Cheryl, who signed her first recording contract in... 1966 at the age of 16. To achieve that hit status, 
on only her third 45 release. For any artist, but especially for one so young, the challenge was to back up chart success on the next release. Here's the A-side of that release. It's not easy, love and you. This time written by Jackie Trent alone, It's Not Easy, Love and You is a hugely orchestrated tune and an obvious attempt by producer David Mackay to build on the success of You Made Me What I Am. Sadly, the tune, backed with the poppier I'm Gonna Try, failed to dent the charts. Continuing the search for that elusive sound, Cheryl Gray's fifth 45 followed relatively quickly with the Robbie Porter penned and originally released song When You're Not Near as the A-Side. I'm going to play the B-Side, You're the Boy, which lyrically was more suited to Cheryl's age. You're the Boy.
Once again, neither side made any impact on the charts. However, there was another notable achievement for Cheryl in 1967, when she was voted third in Gosset's top female singer poll, behind Lynn Randell and Bev Harrell, esteemed company indeed. Cheryl also made several TV appearances on The Go Show. Cheryl's final 45, recorded under the banner of her EMI contract, but this time on the Columbia label, saw her record two Simon Westlake songs, the A-side of which was You Were There.
You Were There was backed with Lonely People, but again failed to make the charts. And that brought to an end the first phase of Cheryl Gray's recording career. It's quite remarkable that in the span of around 15 months, she released six 45s. Without delving deep into the data, I would suggest that few Australian performers achieved a similar output level within a constricted time frame. Lying ahead in episode two, we have Cheryl moving to England, changing her stage name and recording two Barry and Morris Gibbs songs. A preview.